0: Shut up and sit down. They all here? Well, I'm going anyways. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers. You think I'm fucking with you? I'm not fucking with you. I'm here from downtown, I'm here from Mitch and Murray, and I'm here on a mission of mercy. (laughs) What's up, guys? Little Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross to kick off episode 109. How you guys doing? Um, We are back. We are completely off schedule, but never mind. We are getting them out when we can get them out, and it's Monday night, and this is the only chance I'm going to have to record probably this entire week, so got to get it where we can get it. So... We're going to jump right in. There's a ton to talk about. We haven't been on the mic uh, in like a week and a little bit, so there's a ton to talk about, and I just want to say up front, thank you for all of the new uh, folks out there that have subscribed to the show via SoundCloud. We've had a massive surge over the last week and a half which has been fantastic so if you guys are coming back and supporting us you know on multiple if you're a regular listener thank you so much you guys are the foundation of this show and anybody that's listening for the first time welcome uh you're basically going to get an unbiased sort of unfiltered look at what's been going on in news politics sport tech anything else uh that we find notable newsworthy and uh and you know worth a little a little time spent talking about it um I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to curb my language. So if you're offended by any uh, cussing or uh, any, any swearing or excessive opinions, you guys might want to tune out now. But if you're uh, if you're a little bit more thick-skinned and you're not a, a, a little snowflake, then, uh, then stay with us and who knows what you might find. Um, but as I said, it's been tough. The schedule's been crazy over the past uh, few weeks and it's thrown the schedule into a bit of a into a bit of a disarrayed uh, kind of it's in disarray let's put it that way we're not we have no schedule right now I'm trying to do it on Wednesday nights but it's just not happening hence why I've launched the last couple on Friday hence why I'm doing this on a Monday night and uh, I'm doing all I can to try to reclaim this schedule and this frequency and consistency of publication but until I do we're going to publish them when we can because I don't want I don't want to stop putting out content. I don't want to lose any momentum, especially now that we've seen some extra traction from uh, from you folks out there. I want to be on a regular uh, kind of a regular click, just pumping out stuff. So we're going to get into it. I want to talk about the stuff that's been happening in America with Trump and the updates on that. I want to talk about behavior and how people some people are held accountable some people aren't I want to go into a whole bunch of stuff on that today but first I want to address something that I brought up on the last episode and that was why we shouldn't be blaming media i.e movies music video games for the epidemic around gun violence because the latest iteration of this blame game was with the uh, with with Joker, the the Joaquin Phoenix movie, the uh, origin story of the Batman villain. All of these media outlets across the states have been reporting on how this film could incite mass shootings and be a return to what happened in, in Oregon when the Dark Knight came out and that guy dressed up like Joker and shot a bunch of people up. We talked about this on the last episode, and I put forward the case that if you are trying to address a problem like gun violence or the epidemic of, of mass shootings in America simply by attacking media, video games, movies, and music that you are doing nothing to get to the root cause of the problem. And this was so much more reinforced I mean I already know this, right and I'm pretty steadfast in my opinion that media does not incite violence and that we have more of a uh, we have more of a mental health issue and an access to guns issue than we have a media warping the minds of our children to to uh, to go out and carry out these these acts of, of extreme violence when you go after the media instead of going after the root causes then you're actually putting a band-aid on a bullet hole right you're you're actually not doing anything to solve the problem you're not curing that ill you're just temporary, temporarily just sticking something over it so you don't see it, so it's not as gross, and then you can move on, rather than attacking the actual problem. Now, I went, out, I went out and I watched Joker last week, and I have to say that my feelings are reinforced ten times after watching this film as to the point that this would not incite violence and that if someone was ready to carry out one of these acts of you know mass violence one of these shootings that they were going to do it whether they saw this film or not. So restricting the film in certain areas of America was asinine. Did nothing for did nothing for the problem that is facing America, which is an epidemic of gun violence, right? So after I watched this movie, this was completely reinforced because this movie is... Well, one, it's a phenomenal movie. And it's a must-see for anybody that enjoys the comic book genre or just fantastic filmmaking. Now, this is Todd Phillips, right? And if you know Todd Phillips, you know him from The Hangover and Due Date and films like that. So you don't expect this type of movie to come out of Todd Phillips. But he produced I think he produced wrote and directed this film and it's a masterpiece I think it's a phenomenal movie there's a couple of little bits that seem clunked together a couple of editing issues sort of two-thirds into the film but other than that it's phenomenal and you could actually remove the Batman elements of the film which are they're there for sure but they're not they're not as prevalent as you might have expected but you could remove them totally and you've still got a master psychological drama right? seeing a person who is socially awkward who is you know, he's got no friends he's obviously been abused his all his life he's obviously got some really serious serious issues that are that are exacerbated and then you reach a trigger point where bad stuff happens, right? Every serial killer, every child molester, every you know, violent criminal, they have a trigger point. And it really drove on the building of that trigger point to where you see this guy, you know, effectively snap. And taking the Batman element out of it, you still got an amazing film. Add the thing into it, then it ties some pieces together, which is really, really cool. But walk Phoenix. Just delivers a performance that I was so... And I talked about this on the last show. I was so skeptical when I first saw it. Then I started seeing the teasers and the trailers. Let me tell you something. The immersion into this character was full. It was 100%. And it is so reflective. You forget who you're looking at. And that is just the greatest sign of a character actor to me. Is... You forget the actor that you're looking at. You're just absorbed in what he's portraying. And from five minutes into the film, that's where I was. I was all the way in. But not once did I think, wow, they better be careful with this movie in case some crazy fuckers decide to go up and shoot up a cinema. If people are out there plotting that kind of behavior, they're doing it with or without this film. And to restrict this film's success because of these... Completely unjustified concerns. It just—it's a real shame that we've gone down that that route. Because you've got an amazing piece of art on your hands here. You've got a, an amazing piece of work, not only by the guys who made the film, but the guys who acted in the film. De Niro's even really good in it. There's a there is a shade there of a little bit of the King of Comedy. Uh, if you don't haven't seen that, it's about. Uh, De Niro wanting to be, he's a loser basically and he wants to be a stand-up comedian uh, and uh, he, tries, he basically starts stalking uh, Jerry Lewis to try to get on, on the show ends up kidnapping him, breaking into his house etc. So there is a little element of crossover there but it's just it's just homage it's, it's just an homage to to past great films there's no real leaning into that there is an homage there also uh, to Heath Ledger's character. There's a there's a scene there where uh Joachim Phoenix is, is in the back of a cab and he's got his head leaned against the window and and that's very much from the Dark Knight, uh, where Heath Ledger's kind of like rolling around the city and he's got his head against the, 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 the uh the taxi or the car window. It there there is definitely homage uh, paid to those uh, to those films and to those characters in it. But Again, it's just a, it's a fleeting thing. It's a very passing thing. Overall, there's not too much you can say bad about this movie. And one thing you definitely cannot say is that this is this is a film that will incite violence. I just don't think a film deserves that level of responsibility levied upon it, and I think it's a cop out to even try. So I just wanted to put my two cents in because. I've now seen the film. I think the film's fantastic. I think <clears throat> the uh, the character development is phenomenal. The execution of the story is really, really good. The cinematography is fantastic. I mean, just it's one of those ones where I want to go back and see it again. Just to clear everything up and just to watch it and to <coughs> just have a second viewing of it. I think it's well worth it. So... Check it out if you haven't, guys, because it is it is quite the film. Um And now I'm just waiting for the Irishman, you know, which is nice because it's a little you know, you got the De Niro appearance in that one in Joker, and now he's coming out in to do this Marty uh this Marty Scorsese epic, which is gonna be uh which is gonna be phenomenal. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out, guys. It's fucking amazing. Um What else? What else are we talking about? Oh, yeah, so the Extinction Rebellion protest started today, the climate change one. These are the guys that sat on Westminster Bridge a few months back and, you know, caused all of this disruption and and uh, there was a thousand arrests and all all of that. Well, they're setting up shop to do another two-week protest for climate change. And there's expected to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 of these folks taken to the streets of London. I don't know how they got this number, but the news reported this morning that 5,000 of them, just 5,000 of them, so 25% of them, are willing to be arrested for this. I'm not sure how they get these numbers. Like, do they take a poll, like, when they sign up for who's going to attend it? Like, are you willing to be arrested in this check, yes or no? I'm not really sure how they got that number of, like, a 25%... Uh, proportion of, of protesters are willing to actually go to jail for it. I'm not, I, I don't know where that came from, but the news reported on it. They've already started arresting people now. Protesting, I'm all for it. It is our right as citizens to be able to have peaceful, uh, you know, nonviolent protests and make our case protesting is something that is a right that should be afforded to every human being. Otherwise, how do you talk to power or get anything said in this day and age or any day and age? You have to be able to organize and demonstrate. As long as the rallies and the protests are peaceful, as long as they are defined of purpose, then I don't have a problem with them. Now, what I do have a problem with is Extinction Rebellion hiring a fucking old uh, fire truck and squirting fake blood onto public buildings. That's called vandalism. So I'm not okay with that. I think you can, you can create symbolism. You can create impact. You can create viral moments. Without defacing a public building. With like sticky water. Sugar water and Kool-Aid. And food coloring right. I just don't think. That makes you look like more of an asshole than a freedom fighter or somebody who's concerned about the environment. When you deface things and when you just become a nuisance, then you don't put your message across. You actually you actually detract from the message because all people are looking at now is the nasty shit that you do in the image of that message, right? In the in the feelings of that message. Go out, scream, block traffic, stand in the roads, whatever. Don't spray buildings with fake blood. One, it makes you seem like a pantomime protest. Two, you're not taken seriously. Three, you're creating unnecessary cleanup for people who have nothing to do with the bureaucracy that you're fighting. And you're just causing a headache for a lot of people that you don't need to cause a headache. You can't make your point just by being flamboyant. You have to have you have to have substance to your argument. And climate change as an argument has plenty of substance to it. What you need is what Greta Thunberg is doing and just getting people to mobilize and demonstrate. You don't need the other shit. Because that just makes you look like a fool. And when you look like a fool, you bring the whole tone of everything else that is constructive, that is positive, that is beneficial to the cause. You bring all that down with you, right? Because people are not looking at the best example of what you produce. They're looking at the worst. And as soon as they can point to something to say, ha, look at those guys. All they're interested in doing is making a mess and being loud and making a mess so we take notice of them because they don't have anybody else giving them attention. As soon as they can detract from the main point of your argument because of some dumb shit that you've done, they will do that and you will lose as a consequence. Any momentum that you are gaining for this initiative, for this cause, you lose it. So it's time to think about how you actualize. And the people in central London... You know, the people in Paris, the people in Sydney, the people around the world that are demonstrating via the Extinction Rebellion, for the most part, are great. They're peaceful protesters. They're basically doing a sit-in. And that's fantastic. And that sustained protest, as is going on in Hong Kong, which is now being escalated to a violent point by the government, this is how you do it. Nonviolent sustained protest. Clear messaging. Clear Uh, clear boundaries of what you will and will not engage in and then a prolonged effort to say we are not going anywhere until we get some dialogue and some clear-cut results out of this we will be here there's nothing wrong with that and then as throughout history when peaceful protests are prolonged the government will generally bend Or react with violence both of which are in the protesters favor but they have to maintain the credibility of the movement they have to resist the urge to become violent in response to do any sort of rioting or vandalism or any of that stuff you just have to resist the opportunity and the chance to do any of that So as long as it stays peaceful, as long as it stays clean, as long as it stays on message, then it's all good with me. It's all good with me. The problem is when you start to make inane actions look more insane. Right? Or when you make, you know, I I guess the other way around is looking at insane actions becoming inane. Right? So that's what's going on with Trump right now. That's what's going on with things like Antifa and the alt-left, right? And you're playing both sides of the spectrum here, right? And, like, when I say you're making insane things look inane and that we can't actually have that, what I'm talking about is, like, Trump, for instance, trying to normalize his behavior, of speaking to these world leaders or trying to cover up communications he's had about asking foreign leaders to do him favors in relation to investigating political rivalries, right? And political rivals. When there's no basis for these investigations to occur. When everything he's saying about how the phone call occurred is a lie. And we know it's a lie because we've got the transcripts. We've got whistleblowers who have passed on complaints from White House staff. We've got now a second whistleblower who has firsthand information because Trump tried to discredit the first whistleblower because he only had secondhand information. He had fir- tons of sources with first-hand knowledge, but because it was given to them, that secondhand and now he throw, and Trump tries to throw the whistleblower's credibility into the toilet, right? Just making lies. Then he stands out in a press conference and asks China and who was it? China and Russia, or China and the Ukraine, uh, to investigate and open investigations into Biden. I mean, what he's trying to do is he's trying to turn insane behavior into a name behavior, so it washes over him and we move on to the next thing. That can't happen. That can't happen. If we're gonna have any, any. Conclusion to this madness, to this glitch in the matrix, then it is imperative to stay the course and to stay focused on what is currently happening here. And that is a history of Donald Trump trying to turn insane behavior into inane behavior. He, he always tries to just deflect. It's not look at me. It's like look over there. It's a what about them argument style, right? It's, oh, don't look at my phone call. Why don't you go and check the Bidens out? It's not about me and my conduct with Russia or Ukraine or China or making all of these claims that are effectively treasonous, corrupt, and a complete abuse of my power. It's not me. Check out what Obama was doing In you know eight years ago, seven years ago. Four years ago. Go look at what he was doing. Oh, don't look at me. Go have a look at Hillary Clinton. He's trying to deflect and distract, which will deflate the steam and the momentum behind these arguments that are focused squarely on him, and they will detract away from any prolonged focus, and they will go on to another subject matter, and we just can't do that. We just can't do that because when we normalize poor behavior, it becomes an infection. It brings the quality of everything that we're trying to do down. It brings the tone of any conversation or any debate down. It brings any public discourse down to its lowest common denominator. And this is not just Trump. This is happening on both sides of the political theater. But this is also happening on both sides of the social theater as well. Because you don't really get any voices that are loud and obnoxious that are centrist. You either have an ideology on one side of the political spectrum or another that makes you really go to bat, get loud, and get insane with your behavior in defense of what your point is. And I'm talking about the alt-rights that are all in bed with Trump and they'll defend him to the hills and back. But I'm also talking about the, the alt-left. I'm talking about the antifas of the world, the, the ultra-progressive socialists that are, <coughs> you know, like I really like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But when she makes a statement like there shouldn't be any billionaires, that's a really dumb thing to say. That's a really dumb thing to say. It's not that there shouldn't be any billionaires. There should be an there should be an ample opportunity and no restriction on competition. There should be a competitive landscape with business, but there shouldn't be a restriction on earnings. Like if I can manufacture a product or if I can develop a service that is, you know, far superior to anything else that's in the market, then I should be allowed to profit on that until the industry catches up and creates something that is of a similar value, you know, and quality that presents a competitive space to me. Now, where I have, a, where I have an opinion on restricting wealth creation and growth is when a company is in a position of power like an Amazon or a Facebook is, and then all they start doing is acquiring and eating competition right so facebook acquires instagram right facebook acquires um, whatsapp things like this right like amazon has ring amazon has this amazon has that google same thing apple same thing microsoft same thing right these these huge tech companies that are not only buying up any competition within their vertical, but they're moving verticals and acquiring other companies and removing any competition in those potential spaces as well. Hence, our high streets are dying. Hence, you know, publishing companies are having trouble. You know, all of these things are a symptom of the fact that we're not stopping these companies from taking over everything. If you want to stay in your space and want to make Amazon as big as it can be, great, go ahead and do that. But I have a bit of a problem with you just buying up anybody that poses a threat to you. I feel like there's got to be some sort of regulation around that. But you can't come out and say we shouldn't have any billionaires in the world. Because that quashes ambition and creativity is stifled when people think, well, what the fuck am I going to put all my time into this for if there's a ceiling that's being imposed for me. If I can't reach for the stars and land on the moon, then what's the fucking point? If I can't even leave the atmosphere because somebody's going to put a, a glass ceiling on me, then why would I try so hard? Why would I create this thing? Out of the good of my health? Of course there are you know social benefits to certain things that are invented that then have a very lucrative back end to them. But generally, creativity leads to wealth creation and people do it, To create that wealth. To create that independence. So you can't stifle creativity. You can't stifle opportunity. You can't glass ceiling ambition. But you can put parameters in place. That would stop takeovers. Just by the biggest fish eating smaller fish. Before they get a chance to mature. You can't do uh, that's that I have a bit of a problem with that. I have a bit of a problem with that. Because you create monopolies and duopolies that cannot and will not be broken. Because any pivot points where you might see the opportunity for a competitor to creep in and take over some of that market share they're just absorbed by the company that already operates the number one spot in that space. And that's anti-competitive, and I don't like that. And I don't know how we got on this. I started talking about AOC talking about you know her socialist point of view with you know not uh, not thinking there should be any billionaires. I don't agree with that. I just agree that there should be some restrictions on how far we let billionaires go. Just because you've got all the money doesn't mean you should continue to have all the money and continue to take all the money that is then going to be created subsequently after you've gotten all the money. Does that make sense? Hopefully, hopefully I've made sense out of that, but who knows. Um, But it's this, it's this, it's this lack of a central voice, uh, a voice of reason, one might call it, because everybody is either hard left or hard right, and this was, this was demonstrated, like, I think last week, maybe even the week before, about Antifa protesting and demonstrating outside of a dave rubin event i think in toronto and there was a video that went kind of viral for a couple of days and it was of this old lady with a walker and she was crossing like a zebra crossing right she was going across the street to this uh what looked like an exhibition hall presumably where the dave rubin uh event was taking place and then What the video shows is this old lady trying to cross the street and these Antifa fucking idiots with their masks on standing in front of this lady who must have been 80 plus with her walker screaming Nazi scum because she was going to attend this Dave Rubin event. This is not progression, this is not progressive thinking. Screaming and shouting, wearing a mask, verbally assaulting old people, just screaming for the sake of screaming. This is not public discourse. This is not progressive thinking. This is not liberalism. And the funny thing about it is there half of these idiots are completely missing the point as to what this actually is. Because they will try to physically stop you from entering a place. They will try to physically stop you from (coughs) going to places they don't think you should go. So, just want to double check back on something, right? Because I thought that if you want and demand people to do something that aligns with your thinking. And then you forcibly stop them when they don't do what you want or agree with what you're saying, when they can then suffer violent consequences to be almost subjugated into thinking the way you do or seeing your point of view, when they have to su- when they have to worry about suffering violent repercussions for having an alternate point of view as you, that is called fascism. That is what fascists do. So these antifa idiots that think they're the liberal signpost and poster boys for progressive thinking and how society needs to move, I can tell you something right now. You fucking idiots can keep it. One, don't like you cuz you haven't got the balls to take your masks off. Two, y'all look like you've been sitting around eating Cheetos and marshmallows and and Coke all day in a basement. You need some sun on your skin. You need a sense of how to dress. You need to get some balls and you need to take those fucking masks off. Stop yelling and try to make a sensible, valid point about what you are trying to get across. Because at the end of the day, if you call an old lady who's trying to go to a speaking event a Nazi, you have no idea what a fucking Nazi is. In fact, you're closer to one than she is. And the fact that you're missing that point shows how fucking stupid you are, how uninvested into the actual uh, subject matter that you claim to be, how completely misguided you are on history, and how your actions, your attitudes, and your delivery is exactly what fascists do there's nothing progressive in your thinking there's not nothing progressive in your demonstrations there's nothing interesting about the points that you're trying to make and you will be seen in the grand scheme of history as a blip that was washed away and swatted like a mosquito because all you are are pests and nuisances you're not making any sense you're not getting anything done and nobody likes you. And what you're actually doing is causing a backlash on people who are actually trying to make sensible, progressive points about equality, of opportunity, about equal rights, about racism, about sexism. All of these issues that actually could have a sensible dialogue are being trod on because of assholes that affiliate with Antifa. And that is why the alt-right And we've said it before, the alt-right and the alt-left, they're not on either end of the spectrum. They're fucking neighbors. They live right beside each other. Because anybody that's on an extreme way of thinking, either do what I say or suffer, do what I say, listen to what I say, agree with what I think or else, those are neighbors. Whether that's, I hate black people, I hate Jews, I hate Muslims, blah, 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 or you're on the Antifa side of it that says, You need to respect all pronouns. You need to respect all gender fluidity. You need to respect all everything. And you have to, have to hate anybody that has an opinion that differs from this. You guys are the same as the white supremacists. Exactly the same. You're exactly the same. And the fact that you don't know it shows your immaturity, your inexperience, and your lack of study. get into the face of an old lady calling her a Nazi scum the fuck do you think you are absolutely ridiculous and this is the thing right poor behavior pervades everything because one of the things that's happened with this movement of progressivism is that you can't call people out on their shit anymore with the Antifa lot you'll just get screamed down Right With the alt-right, you're good unless you run into one of these Antifa p- pricks. And then you're never progressive enough. Because if you don't agree 100% with what they're saying, then you might as well be one of the alt-rights anyways. Right? You have to be all the way in. There's no center here. There's no, there's no moderation here. There's no nuance or anything contextual here. It's just you're all with us or you're all against us. And we don't have time to decide. Either you're all in or you can fuck off and you're on that side. But this poor behavior pervades everything, right? Because we can't call out people who may have these underlying thoughts who you might work with, right? You can't call these things out on social media. You might get banned. You can't say these as a media journalist. Look what happened to Naga. Munchetti. She got, I mean, it's been taken now because everybody came back and fought her defense. But they were trying to reprimand her for having an opinion. On racism. Fuck out of here. So it pervades. This poor behavior just pervades everything. You can't call out people in your office. Who don't do work anymore. I remember when I started in sales. <clears throat> if you didn't pull your weight. You got called out in the f- in front of everybody. In front of everybody. And you had to. Excuse the term. Man the fuck up. You had to have a bit th- of thick skin. And you had to be able to hack it or get the fuck out. There's the door. There was no, oh, I'm sorry about your mental health. I'm sorry that you're a bit, you're not sleeping well or, you know, you've got a crisis at home. And there is a place for those things, for sure. But now, it's the first thing that everybody leans on. Oh, my job is stressful. I need to be signed off. I need to be signed off for stress. I mean, I get stress can be a killer. I get stress can be pervasive. I totally understand that. But I feel that this is being used as a crutch now instead of an actual legitimate reason. And I'm just, I'm getting tired of it because ultimately what it does is, is, if I call somebody out at work for not doing their job, they can do me for harassment. Now, I would never do that because I'm better with my words and I can I can I can have a nuanced conversation with perspective and evidence and you know different things like that I would never just say hey motherfucker why are you so shit at your job why don't you fucking work harder right there's a much more a much more appropriate way of delivering that but what I'm saying is even if you deliver that in an appropriate way you can still get done in this day and age for workplace harassment or bullying and all that's doing is bringing the bar of performance and results down. We should not be we should not be working towards the lowest common denominator. We should be expecting more from ourselves. On an individual basis, on company basis, on a societal basis, all of that. We need to start raising ourselves up and understanding that we are stronger than we are actually letting on. Than the most vocal of us out there are suggesting. Because this is the thing, the people that just get on with it, the people that are strong, the people that are nuanced, the people who have a bit of a, a, a bit of fight in them, a bit of self-awareness, a bit of self-sufficiency, they crack on. They're not on these opposite ends of the spectrum. They got too much shit that they're doing. It's the ones that actually don't have a lot going on that find the time to get involved in these left or right extreme points of view because it allows them to feel like part of a group, that they're not part of a group because they're not trying. There's no effort. So it's just like, let me latch on to the thing I can scream about and I know a whole bunch of people are going to have my back because they scream about it too and I'll just get into it with them. But again, it goes to the root cause, the root problem. You don't get rid of gun you don't get rid of mass shootings by blocking Grand Theft Auto or Joker, right? You don't raise the performance of your team or your company by letting everybody lean on stress as a way of getting out of doing what they're responsible to do. You're just dragging all of the performance down without attacking the root problem of what's causing those problems. And... I think people are scared to call other people out, to hold them accountable. And there's a number of reasons for this. There's a number of reasons for this. And one of those reasons is what I've kind of outlined there, right? We live in a really a really a, a victim culture and a blame culture. You can't say anything to anybody cuz you're going to hurt their feelings and then they're going to get you in trouble. And you better be walking on eggshells the entire day whenever you're around somebody else, you better you better walk on eggshells. You better not say anything that could be controversial or could be perceived as a personal attack on me. You better not. How dare you question my credibility? How, how dare you question my integrity? How dare you question my effort? Motherfucker, you've been sitting on the internet for four hours. You haven't produced a decent piece of work in a year. Your fucking numbers are down through the toilet, right? Give me a break. And this goes for athletes, this goes for entertainers, this goes for colleagues, this goes for people you might be in a relationship with, your friends, people who might be behind the counter at a coffee shop, right? I go into Sainsbury's, and if I go to the customer service counter, where I might buy a lotto ticket from every now and again, every time I go there, they are understaffed and you have to wait. And they look at you like, what are you so mad for? And it's like, motherfucker, this is the third time I've come to this desk this week and every single time it's been the same thing. So how come nobody has addressed the problem that you're short-staffed? How come nobody has taken this on as a point of consideration? How come none of the staff members here have said, Hey, we need another person on the desk because we're always making customers wait. Nobody gives a shit because mediocrity is becoming the new normal. And this 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 degradation of behavior and performance is just... its it's cancerous. It's infectious. It's gross. And once you get it somewhere, then it's going to spread. And then another person. Then it's going to spread. And it, then it starts to infect the whole organization or the whole team or the whole company. Whatever. But we have to be able to call people out. And I think you know, the sensitivity, that victim culture is one angle on why we don't call people out. But I think the other reason that we don't call people out is because we're scared to look in the mirror and have an honest conversation with ourselves. If you know that in your life, you're giving 110% to everything that you do, no matter what, calling somebody else out on their bullshit is easy. And you don't feel bad about it at all. You know why? Because you can look yourself in the mirror and say, at work, I give 100%. At the gym, I give 100%. In my relationships, I give 100%. In, in my interactions, my interpersonal interactions with friends or strangers. I give a hundred percent. I'm always present. I'm always polite, I'm always courteous. I'm always trying to do the best thing for me and for the group if there's a group involved. People who have that thought about themselves, people who can justify their behavior because they know they put out what is expected and then some of them. in any situation, people you can count on, people with integrity, They don't mind calling people's bullshit out because they got nothing to worry about. They're good with themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mind calling people out, but you can't do it now because it's harassment or it's bullying. Even if it's said in a true, factual, evidence-based way, you cannot say it. You cannot say it. You can't tell somebody else they're not pulling their weight, even if it's obvious that they're not pulling their weight. Even if you are pulling your weight and then some, you can't say it. Because they will just turn around and tell somebody that you're bullying them. And what this does is detract from people who are suffering real problems. Real instances of these things—real bullying, real abuse, real marginalization. Right? It's like what we said on the show before. If you call everybody a Nazi, you're not going to know what one looks like when it's running towards you with a club. <coughs> we got to stop. Star- we got to stop labeling everything as worst-case scenario every single time, just because it might cause us a little bit of discomfort, or just because it might make us reflect on ourselves or our behavior or our performance we've got to and excuse the pun again but fuck it there's no better way of saying it we have to man up we've got to man up you got to have some fucking resolve have some basis of of sustainable foundations on yourself something that's not going to crumble under the under the first sign of stress or the first sign of panic or the first sign of adversity build some fucking strength build some foundation build some fortitude and i understand there's mental health and people going through difficult circumstances and so on and so forth i understand that (coughs) i understand that everybody's not playing from the same starting block i understand that But that doesn't mean that you just automatically fall into a victimhood culture, a blame culture. Take some fucking responsibility for your own shit. And then maybe, if you do that... One, some will be less likely to call you out because you're already calling yourself out and you're holding yourself accountable. But then, maybe... Because you've gotten your shit together, because you've built a foundation for yourself, because you've looked yourself in the mirror to hold yourself accountable, you will. And your performance will improve. And your attitude will improve. And people won't have any reason to call you out because you've stepped your game up. That's the other part of this. But allowing this, you know, poor behavior... Allowing bad performance or insane behavior to become the normal just brings us all down. And it's not a reflection of the majority. This, these Antifa motherfuckers, these alt-right motherfuckers, this Donald Trump and his supporters, these are just a vocal minority. This is not how most people think. This is not how most people interact, but it's getting there. And we need to stop it before it gets too far. Now, I think there's a bit of a snapback happening. But it's being vehemently fought against by some of these groups that I've talked about. And what we have to do is we have to stay in the nuance. We have to stay in the evidence. We have to stay in context with what's going on. And understand that these are not. this is not the majority. And if we just continue to think logically... And apply logic to all social situations and whatever else. We'll get through this. These clowns will be sh- will be called out for their idi- their idiocracy. They will be called out. People will start to snap back and say, "You know what? Fuck you, fuck you and your and your way of thinking." fuck you for telling me how i should feel about a certain situation or else that's not that's not the normal the normal is discussion and debate that's the normal and i hope i hope we can get back there because that's a funner place to exist in walking on eggshells worried about your your you offending somebody because you might swear or you might use a a some terminology that they're offended by because they were told by some group that they should be offended by it. That's not, that's not any kind of way to live, man. Let's just keep on doing what we do. Keep on being sensible. Keep on being kind to each other. Let these other factions on each end eat each other because what's happening is the alt left is eating each other. If you're not all the way progressive, you're going to get eaten by somebody who is more progressive than you. Until all of them are gone. And there's only a couple of them left standing. And then they've got no basis for anything anyways. Right? It's an extreme point of view. It will never last. And on the alt-right. The Trumps and the idiots that support him. Let them. Just keep hitting them with facts. Just keep hitting them with evidence. Just keep hitting them with the truth. And eventually. This will be a glitch. And it will be resolved. And then we'll be back on track. Or hopefully somewhat back on track. But if we don't. Stand up to this and call it out for what it is with evidence, with context, with nuance, not by screaming and calling names and all of that shit. If we stick to the script, stick to the facts, stick to the, the, the nuanced point of view, you'll win. You'll win. Because screaming is what they do when they don't have facts, when they don't have evidence, when they don't have nuance or context, they scream, Nazi scum. That's what they've come up with, Nazi scum. To scream that in their shitty jeans, their shitty hoodies, and their stupid face masks and bandanas, this is what they do. So fuck Antifa and their simplistic dumbass arguments. This will be something that we look back on as a blip. But why not be on the right side of history? Why not take a bit of logic in consider into consideration when thinking about the actions that you're taking? But we're so caught up in victim culture and blame culture that, you know, we'd rather just stick in our echo chambers, align with the people that think exactly the same way we do, not have any controversy unless we know the person that we're opposing is a direct enemy because they don't share our exact ideology, that's easier for most people. But nuance will come back. Nuance will come back. And it will be shown through evidence and through time who was on the right and who was on the wrong side of history. So for anybody listening out there that might be thinking about putting a bandana on and screaming at old ladies, maybe take a second and think about it, huh? Just a suggestion. Anyways, skipping ahead to something completely different, the last thing I want to talk about is the UFC event. And I save this to the end because I don't know how many people on my feed, in my audience, actually give a shit about the UFC. I have thought about doing the specific um, UFC breakdown shows more often, but there doesn't seem to be enough good ones where it warrants doing a whole episode. Uh, about it. So what I want to do is I want to recap quickly the event that happened in uh, Melbourne, Australia uh, this weekend, which was the largest attended UFC event in history. There was over 57,000 people there to see the uh, the headline fight, which was Israel Adesanya against Robert Whitaker for a unification of the middleweight title. And Israel Adesanya has been one of my kind of top two or three fighters for the past couple of years and his ascension uh whilst being in the UFC has been you know his rise has been meteoric and he culminated everything on the weekend with a devastating KO uh TKO of uh, of Robert Whitaker and he's now the unified champ Israel Adesanya is now the unified champ and He's one of the most talented fighters that we've ever had in the UFC. He's one of the most prolific strikers that we've ever had in the UFC. And he's just an amazing he's an amazing fighter to watch. He's thirty years old and he has he has just taken he's the new superstar. He's your new guy. He's your new marquee. He's cool as shit. His walkout, he did a dance, he it was like a performance art piece. It was actually really incredible. And he's confident as shit, and he's cocky, and he's cool, and you know he's stylish, and he's got everything. He's got the it factor. And so they're going to lean into him big time now. But what a fight. What an event. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest if you're even remotely a combat sports fan, you go on YouTube and you check it out. The full fight highlights or the recap will be on there. But I just wanted to talk about it because... It's like when Conor broke on the scene, right? And you get this, this feeling of, oh, we've got a needle mover here. Israel Adesanya is absolutely a needle mover. He's absolutely going to change how the game is done. How it's done from a marketing point of view. How it's done from an entertainment point of view. From a showmanship point of view. And the only thing I hope for him is that he stays healthy. He stays consistent. And he stays motivated. As long as he does those three things, I could see him being the champ for quite a while. And uh, and I wish him all the success. So it, it was an amazing show. And you should check it out if you haven't. So there's my two cents on, uh, on the main event from the last UFC. That's it. We're going to wrap. Because we've done an hour. Just under. And that's enough. But what I am going to do is try my damnedest to get another show done this week. If I can, you'll see it. Um, If I can't, then it is what it is. But either way, I hope you guys keep tuning in. I hope you guys keep coming back and listening episode after episode. Um, As I said, we've got new equipment on the way. It is coming. It's going to improve the show. Uh, We've got guests lined up just scheduling some stuff. And uh, we'll be bringing more of the interviews to you as well and we're going to redo episode 100 uh, with Jim Grice at some point in the next month or two just to make sure we can get a proper, a proper file uploaded so you can hear his point of view on the media, on where we're going uh, with the media, journalism, the whole nine, social issues, we'll touch on a bunch of stuff but uh, stay tuned for that, I'll announce the dates when we've got them confirmed. Uh, but in the meantime guys you can check us out on SoundCloud like I said at the beginning of the show Spotify, iTunes if you like the show rate it, review it It takes two seconds but it helps us immensely Um, and if you ever want to get in touch or see what else we're thinking then you can visit us on Twitter at QuietPartLoud Um, so yeah that's it episode 109 done and dusted so um, we're out of here and we'll see you next time but uh, until then Take it easy, guys, and uh, yeah, until next time, all the best.